0: Shocking news after the weekend of Big Ten games. Paul Crist is out, and Locked On Badgers is in to talk about it.
1: You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Here on Locked On Big Ten, I'm joined by Ryan Herring's host of Locked On Badgers. Nate Dickinson with you here. We're talking about what I thought at first was going to be just a pretty bad loss for Wisconsin over the weekend. But instead on Sunday, we got some news. Paul Christ is out, Ryan. And I mean, I'm not following the team like you are, but I thought this was pretty weird. This is weird. Why did this happen now? How weird is this?
1: Yeah, this this was stunning for for everyone involved, even the the people that are probably closest to the team had no idea this was going to happen. There was discussions about end of the year, like uh, the, the 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 Badgers need to go in a different direction at the end of the year. The program feels like it's backsliding to do it in the middle of a season uh, for a coach that quite frankly has won almost 70% of his games, two time Big Ten coach of the year. And a guy who, you know, you see this happen sometimes when a guy has uh, maybe off-the-field issues or he's lost the locker room, players are getting in trouble. None of that happens at Wisconsin. Paul Christ has run a really clean shift. The culture is pretty strong, so it was stunning. It was stunning for really everybody around the program and everybody that follows the program.
0: I mean, with how stunning it was, some people might lead to believe that it was something like what you said, mm-hmm. like something it, it specific happened. To make this go down, do you think there was anything like that? Have there been any talks of anything like that, or was this just him not winning the way they wanted him to?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything like that. And now we're certainly not in the locker room, and potentially maybe something comes out down the road. But I don't think it was anything like that. There's not been uh, a shred of of inkling for that. I think it was just. You know, when Bull Polini a lot of people go right to the Nebraska thing, right? Nebraska fired Solich Polini, um, who were pretty successful from a win loss standpoint, and then they kind of have been wandering in the desert since then. You know. With Pelini, a lot of it wasn't the win-loss win, record, it was how he was losing. You know, getting blasted in big games, looking um, like a team not prepared on the big stages. And we've seen that from Chris for a couple of years now. You know, losing to BYU several years ago, they were a 30-point home favorite. Losing to Illinois a couple years ago as a 20-something point favorite. Washington State this year, losing at home as a 17-point favorite. Getting blasted by Ohio State, and then you play Illinois at home. Brett Bielema comes to town, and you run for two rushing yards. Like, it's just it's it doesn't feel like wisconsin is wisconsin anymore and i think more than anything else um they felt like uh if if they didn't get ahead of this it was going to keep careening off the rails and it was going to get worse and worse
0: Alright, so take us through the next steps here, at least as far as head coaching goes. We'll get to the actual team on the football field in a moment, Ryan. But as far as you know, interim job and then what we're looking at afterwards, how much of an audition is this compared to you're expecting a search at the end of the season and all that? It's hard to figure out right now, but what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, it's a lot of speculation Jim Leonard's is going to step in as the as the interim head coach. That's already been announced. Um right. and in terms of in-house candidates, it's hard to find a better person to kind of take the reins. Uh Wisconsin guy, someone who's been in um mentioned for several head coaching jobs, bigger defensive coordinator jobs with the Green Bay Packers for example. So he's a guy that has a lot of sway. Uh, people believe in him and quite frankly a lot of people around the program, fans, even media folks have been for a while now thinking this was Jim Leonard was going to be the successor to Paul Christa. Nobody thought it would be five games into the 2022 season, but so it'll be Leonard. And then I think for the rest of the year, it's just an audition. I think it's a hundred percent an audition and that's not completely fair because this team hasn't been good. But if, if Leonard, if we see improvement, and that doesn't mean you go six and one at this point, but you know, improvement, uh, the offense looks a little better. The team's a little cleaner. It's been a lot of penalties, a lot of discipline issues. Perhaps it is Leonard's job at the end of the year then, but uh, there will be a coaching search. The athletic director, Chris McIntosh, has already come out and said, you know, we owe it to the university to do a full coaching search. So this thing has some legs to it, and we got a while to figure it out.
0: So would you say Leonard's the betting odds favorite right now, or would you still expect Wisconsin to go outside?
1: I think he's definitely the odds-on favorite. I think if he comes in and stabilizes the program a little bit, um, he will be the head coach next year going forward. But Wisconsin finds itself in an interesting crossroads here with Paul Chris moving on and a couple guys with Wisconsin connections that are out there. Dave Aranda at Baylor, you know, was a defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. He's a guy that Wisconsin could potentially go after. Lance Leaphold at Kansas, you know, coached in state at Division three in Wisconsin for a long, long time, has Wisconsin connections. You know, so there, there's a couple candidates out there that are interesting um, that will be right in that mix with Jim Leonard.
0: Let's talk about uh, stabilizing this program for a second, Ryan. This team is still, along with five other teams, tied for the Big Ten West lead. Where are the expectations right now?
1: That's a that's a really good question. And I, I, I got to be honest, I don't even know if a lot of people, because we're still kind of digesting the news of Paul Chris being fired. I mean, a guy that's been a, in the program for seven going on his eight years. I don't know if people have really formalized what the expectations are for this season i i know going forward the expectation is for wisconsin to be an upper tier big 10 program so that is the expectation on a year to year basis i think this year the expectation is um to clean up the things you can clean up the team has been on discipline 10 11 penalties in the losses turnovers um bad plan special teams. so clean up those things and just see where the chips fall but i think it's unrealistic to expect a Wisconsin team that quite frankly has been bad and been bad on offense. Like Jim Leonard is not going to come in and fix the offensive line, you know? So I think it's unrealistic to expect them to compete for the West this year, but clean up the little things. And then, uh, yeah, I think that's basically what he needs to do.
0: Do you think Wisconsin will end up regretting doing this?
1: Uh, That's a great question. Um, you never know. I, I hate to cop out on, I really do. I, (laughs) I think, you know, because again, I, I'll go back to the Nebraska thing because it's it's a, a comparison a lot of people are making, and the point I made uh, to someone else was, you know, did Nebraska make the mistake firing Polini, or did they make this mistake hiring Bill Callahan and and you know Mike Riley, you, you know, so I think it was probably the right decision to move on from Polini, but you can't subsequently follow that up by hiring. And, and Scott Frost, right? Multiple coaches that, quite frankly, didn't work out. That, that's really where their mistake lies. And people point to the firing of Pelini, but that program was headed in the wrong direction. It wasn't competing up to their expectations. The mistakes were the subsequent hiring. So I don't know. It's going to depend on, obviously, it's easy for me to say Captain Obvious here, but it's going to depend on who they hire. You know, And I don't think it's a wrong decision to move away from Chris, though, because this program the last couple of years has trended in the wrong direction. Recruiting has not gone the, in, in the way it needs to. So I think it's the right move, but now they need to make the subsequent move. Otherwise it, it won't make a difference.
0: Ryan Herring's here with Locked On Badgers, helping us break down everything that happened over the past day with Paul Crist and Wisconsin. Ryan, before we let you go, let's talk a little bit of X's and O's. On Saturday, Chase Brown ran, over, ran all over your defense. What happened there? The rest of the Big Ten wants to know why was that able to go down?
1: Yeah. You know, they started off pretty well on the defense controlling Chase Brown a little bit, but I mean, first of all, credit, definitely credit Chase Brown who's who's a really good running back, you know, compact, quick, decisive. He's going to do that to a lot of defenses, but what we've seen specifically from Wisconsin this year is the defense line hasn't played up to their standards. And we thought Keanu Benton coming back the nose tackle who could have gone to the NFL was going to anchor that. And quite frankly, they've just been pushed around. So You know, Wisconsin in the trenches hasn't been very good. And then it's a combination of that and, you know, Chase Brown, that Illinois running game. Brett Bielema obviously knows what he wants to do on the ground. I think it's a combination of those two things.
0: The guy knows Badgers. If you want to know Badgers like he does, you can listen to him talk about it every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Badgers here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again, Ryan, for chatting with us here for a few minutes. We'll, of course, be talking
1: to you soon. I really appreciate it.
0: If you're a sports fan, you probably already know the numbers never lie, and that rings true with Simply Safe as well. Over the last decade, more than 4 million people have switched over to Simply Safe to protect their homes. It's where you should go if you want to make sure that 24/7 your home is under lock and key. Not only will they, of course, keep all an eye on everything that you have all the time, but they have the 24-7 tech support too, which is personally my favorite part because you can have a great security system. You can have all the different kinds of monitoring and webcams and stuff that you can make sure your home is safe with. But what if something goes out? Security is one of those things that criminals don't take a day off. If someone wants to try and rob your house, it can happen at any time. And you want to make sure that your security system is always up and running. So if anything ever goes wrong, you just give them a call and they get it right back up as soon as possible. And that's the key because there's no point in having a good security system. If it's a good security system that's broken. Right now, you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes over at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. But it's more than that. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit SimplySafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. That's no there's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, let's talk some more Big Ten football here. Thanks again to Ryan Herring for going over the shocking news from over the weekend in the Big Ten. Paul Christ out at Wisconsin, and we'll see what ends up happening here with the Badgers the rest of the way, but it's kind of a mess at the moment in Madison. We'll get again to more of that as we continue along with the season. But first, of course, let's look more at these games from over the weekend and wrap things up here as we take a final look at Week 4. Biggest or second biggest game of the weekend, biggest becomes Wisconsin losing to Illinois if the result is Paul Chris being gone. Second biggest Big Ten result of the weekend, Minnesota lost by 10 points at home to Purdue. This was a loss that I was surprised by. I was ready for Minnesota to run over a Purdue team that potentially could be without Aiden O'Connell. He did end up playing. But Minnesota fans will tell you, I was seeing it immediately after the game and have seen it since that this was the Gophers losing this game more than it was Purdue winning it. The atmosphere around Minneapolis is still very much that Minnesota is pretty easily the best team in the Big Ten West. And I'm still there right with them, too. I'm going to go through some stats here and talk about just what this loss means. But as far as just what Minnesota is, I still have them as the best team in that Big Ten West. And until anybody else really proves me otherwise, Purdue's obviously closest to now. I'm still betting on the Gophers to take that spot to Indianapolis if I was choosing right now. Iowa seems more down than usual. Of course, you never know what's going to happen over there. Wisconsin obviously has a lot of stuff to figure out. But the teams that were going to be really good, or at least I thought had a chance to, we're talking Purdue, we're talking Nebraska, those teams just haven't showed up yet. And Purdue, maybe they start to turn it around. I guess I put them maybe at the second spot here in the West. But Minnesota still, at least on paper and with the talent they have, is still the best team in that side of the conference. Moving on. Uh, Tanner Morgan wasn't great. 18 of 33. Three interceptions on 18 of 33 passing. That's not a typical day for him. Gopher fans will point out that Mo Ibrahim was not playing in this game, and the running backs behind him did not step up in his absence. Uh, Bryce Williams ends up with basically nothing. Trey Potts, zero. It was a total of 47 yards on 26 carries as a team for the Gophers, that's a Minnesota loss every time. If you're playing a Big Ten football game and this P.J. Fleck Minnesota team, which has, throughout the time that it's been good, leaned on Mo Ibrahim in that running game, if they're putting up those numbers, congratulations, you're beating the Minnesota Gophers the week that you play them. That team cannot do it with that poor of a running performance, and Tanner Morgan just didn't have it to try and make it up and make things close. But still, in the fourth quarter, we go into things tied, and Minnesota just can't get the job done. Quite frankly, they didn't didn't deserve to win that one. That was not a team on Saturday who came out and deserved to win a Big Ten football game. You can argue all you want about how they could have won it, and they could have won it. It was on the table for sure. Purdue gave them the opportunity. But Minnesota did not deserve to get that win. You can still say Minnesota's the better team. I still say Minnesota's the better team, but they didn't look any good in what we saw on Saturday against Purdue, and I'm going to be looking at them as we go forward to kind of figure out, okay, was that a blip in the radar, or is it something we really need to be worried about? Because I was not expecting Purdue to be able to stop Minnesota's run game. Yes, Mo Ibrahim's not there, but Mo Ibrahim's been the one you lean on. He has not been all of that running attack. Part of the reason why we say Minnesota's run game is so good and the offense has been so solid is not because of Mo Ibrahim, but because it's Ibrahim and everyone there too, including Bryce Williams and Trey Potts, including the offensive line that has been good in the time that Mo Ibrahim has been there. All that combined, Minnesota's been a team that Mo Ibrahim's been out before. He was out all last season. He's missed games too. When these guys have had to step up, they've done really, really well. And it's not something where I think you just take Mo Ibrahim out of the game and the Gophers can't do anything on offense every time. It was just that they couldn't do anything on offense this time. So I'm not worried about Minnesota. I'm going to be watching for sure as we continue along the season. But I'm still leaning towards the side of I think that was maybe one of the low points instead of something that's legitimately something you need to be concerned about if you're a Minnesota fan. Other big result from the weekend. Michigan State, in my mind, is bad until further notice. Just bad in general. The offense isn't good enough to make up for how horrible the defense has been, and the pass defense in particular is just not stopping anybody. Uh, Against Maryland last week, Tali Tungavaloa 32 for 41, 314 in a touchdown. They're 106th in the country in passing yards allowed per game at 275. That's not good. That's including two pretty weak non-conference games to start the season as well. So for Michigan State, it's not looking really good at all. Like, I'm okay with Minnesota right now. Michigan State really, really needs to turn things around. Uh, More stats. Let's get past passing. Just if you look at what an offense has wanted to do against Michigan State when they've played them, they've been able to do it. Outside of the two non-conference games at the beginning against non-Power 5 opponents against Washington, they throw for 397 yards. Against Minnesota, a team that that runs, as we just mentioned, 240 rushing yards. And then last week against Maryland, as I mentioned, the 314 passing yards again. This team can't stop anybody. And it's not going to be any better this weekend against Ohio State. I cannot wait to see what that spread is, because if it's anything under like 20, I think I'm going to take it on the Ohio State side, of course it's not good it's been really 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 ugly and i don't know if there's enough time to turn it around if you're mel tucker this team has talent i believe that still but the defense has been so so bad especially over the top and it wasn't i mean if you were watching that maryland game it wasn't just that talia was doing his thing and throwing there were Wide open spots at some point, spots where it's just like guys catching it, able to turn around and able to look and see where you can go before anyone's even near him. It's it seems almost dysfunctional right now and unorganized in what they're doing on the defensive side of the football. And there has not been enough of a sign that Peyton Thorn and the rest of the offense could make up for it in the games that really, really matter. So against Ohio State this weekend, it's going to be ugly. And we'll end up seeing what happens, but I would not—I I would be—I would be surprised if Michigan State keeps it any sort of close. Only other notes I had, uh, Michigan scored 27 points on Iowa. Iowa's defense is really, really good, but Michigan's offense needs to be really, really, really good for them to be a contender. So that's a situation where it's like, okay, I'm not concerned about the offense being good, but I'm just like, all right, I need this offense to be elite, and they weren't that. And then I'm also looking at the Penn State offense next week. 17 points against Northwestern. I wasn't able to watch a whole lot of that game live, but it was something where I see the final score and I look at the box score and I'm just like, how do you they only score 17 against those Wildcats? So we'll see what ends up happening as we continue on the week with those teams. But those are the biggest results from the weekend, if you ask me, here on Locked On Big Ten. We're going to go into what's seemingly a low point for this conference here in a minute. Only three teams in the AP Top 25 this week for the Big Ten. Others back in receiving votes. But just how bad has this start to the season been? We'll talk about that in just a second. Right here on Locked On Big Ten. Before we get to any of that, though, you know Built Bar. If you've been listening to a Locked On podcast, you've heard about Built Bar by right now, and you may have already even heard about their newest flavor, the Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. The puffs are the newest evolution of the Built Bar. Before, you had the protein bars covered in chocolate. Now, you keep the chocolate, throw in some marshmallow, you got a puff. It's that much more tasty. It is as good as it sounds. And Built Bar has just been infusing its most popular flavors into puff form, including now the Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. So if you've been a fan of the Cookie Dough Chunk Built Bars, go on to Built.com right now and check out the new puffs in that flavor or any other. And Get some money off on us as well. Again, it's over at built.com with the promo code locked on15. And it was just locked15 for a while. They added the on in there now. It's locked on 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's talk a little more on Big Ten as we wrap up here. It hasn't been pretty to start the season in the Big Ten. As I mentioned, Iowa's been bad. We thought they were going to be good minnesota has been really good uh, northwestern has been bad uh, nebraska has been bad we thought they were going to be good purdue's been not so great we thought they were going to be good right now in the big 10 we're seeing that struggle reflected in the top 25. this week only three big 10 top 25 teams number three uh, number three ohio state four michigan and penn state creeps into the top 10 at number 10. minnesota falls out by losing to purdue And you get both Minnesota and Purdue receiving votes in this poll, but neither cracked that top 25. There hasn't been a Big Ten, or there hasn't been only three Big Ten teams in the top 25 all season. It hadn't happened the entirety of last season. And 2020 got confusing when I was starting to look things up, so I didn't go any further back. But the point is, it's been a really, really long time. We've only had this little representation among the best of the best in college football. And also, we put ourselves in a situation where last week with the loss by Minnesota, we're back where we were last year in the Big Ten West, where in pretty much all likelihood, unless Minnesota runs the table to the Big Ten Championship game, you're looking at a spot where on Big Ten Championship Sunday, if there's an upset, The team that wins could very well not make the college football playoff. The team that loses could very well not make the college football playoff. And all of a sudden, the Big Ten is sitting there as last year's ACC and not having any sort of representation despite being one of the best conferences in all of the country. The Big Ten hasn't played up to it. And I want to touch on this now to maybe provide some optimism and say that this should be the low point. Because from now on, it's going to be just back to Big Ten teams beating up on other Big Ten teams. Teams will slide in and out of the top 25. I would imagine if a Minnesota, say, could win next week, maybe they can get back into the top 25 if things go their way elsewhere around the country. But this is not good. I was hoping we would not have a situation like the Michigan-Iowa Big Ten championship last year, where Iowa's not going to that title game if they win it, and Michigan's not going to the playoff if they lose it. The situation where the Big Ten does not get a college football playoff team is very much alive again this year. This has not been a good start to the season. And with how powerful and strong the Big Ten has been in every other aspect of what they do in this offseason and leading up to the season, it would seem like one of the bigger disappointments from a conference-wide standpoint in recent memory. I don't think it'll happen, of course. I think Ohio State's, if you ask me personally, I think Ohio State's going to run over everybody. And I think whoever does end up winning the East is going to win the Big Ten title game. But Big Ten is just voluntarily leaving that door open. That possibility of it happening where we end up just putting two SEC teams in, whoever wins the Big 12, and uh, I don't know who would end up fourth. We'll see. But it's not there right now. And I'm hoping, hoping that we don't get to a point where we have to have that become a reality. Again, still a minuscule, I think, percentage at this point, but it's out there. And I don't love how, even if they are small, I don't love how good the odds are that it could happen, given how improbable and impossible, to be honest, it should be. We'll talk more on this, I'm sure, as the season progresses. As we will on anything else going on in the football season tomorrow and throughout the week here on Locked On Big Ten. Until then, be sure to follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts on the Podcasts app through Apple, uh, on Spotify, of course. Follow us on YouTube or on Twitter. It's all Locked On Big Ten. And at the end, that's a one zero, the numbers, not T E N spelled out. I'm at Nate with Sports on Twitter. If you want to follow me and follow the Weird stuff I'm tweeting out. Until tomorrow, Nate Dickinson with Locked On Big Ten.